you trying to tell someone that's only making like $200 a check, they you know, talk about financial literacy, like, damn, like, my check can't even pay my bills. Yeah. Hi, kings and queens, this is Still Sharp and Still. What's up, kings and queens? We are back. This is the Still Sharp and Still Show. This is your host, John Pat, and I got my boy, Mr. Love is Love is here. You know the vibe, your boy, Mr. Love is Love. Guys, if you ain't doing it already, please, family, hit that subscribe button. All right, whatever you take from us, you learn and you grow with it. Whatever we take from you, we learn and we grow with it as well. Please hit that like, comment, and share button. In season two, we have our wonderful guest. A lot of people haven't met him, but I'm going to let him introduce himself to the world. Talk about the beloved king himself. Let him introduce himself. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Gerald Huggins, Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, we tried this before. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Things happen, things happen but things we got happen. we were able to, you know, build bond. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen y'all in a minute, so it's good to see y'all again. Saying, come here, come here, bring it in. There's always, there's always love. I said, you know, you taught me that, King. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Today we're gonna really just spill back all the layers. You know, we all on the same mission. Um, looking for black victory, black progress. Um, I talk. I want to talk to you about your experience when you was a child, like you growing up in the style. So tell me. Tell me how was the experience growing up in Brooklyn? Yo, Brooklyn, like, specifically Bed-Stuy was like, what people don't understand was extremely, like, segregated. Like, mm -hmm. you, you didn't really see a lot of people that didn't look like me and you and yeah. you. Like, mm -hmm. it was, you know, very, it was like, I tell people all the time, like, I'm like, yo, Bed-Stuy was the blackest place ever growing up in the 90s and the 2000s. It was fun too, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was like was it fun or was it dangerous? Bro, I mean, oh, I guess for saying. people from the outside looking in, let's right. say that shit was dangerous in the nineties right. and two thousand. And they have, I mean, they have stats to prove how dangerous it yeah, was. Yeah, it was tough. Dude. Um, it was yeah, man, I think like you know it was crazy. They said this past summer was like the bloodiest since '06. So I was like, damn, maybe it was a little crazy. Nah, 20, 2020 summer was was right was wild. Yeah, was, wild. yeah, that's not this not the Brooklyn I grew. I mean, don't get me wrong. Let me stop. Okay, Brooklyn was no. Wasn't peaches and cream. Yeah, it wasn't walking apart. But it, I knew everybody. You know, my dad, he did a lot of real estate in the neighborhood. Like, he did a lot of Section 8, so you know what mm -hmm. that means. So, like, everybody knew my pops. Do, do real estate. He helped people get apartments and houses all over the place in the, in the hood. So, I mean, my family, we we had a good life. You know, inside the crib, it was straight. Look, like, pretty much like a Cosby family. Yeah. But, you know, I lived. I grew up on Buffalo Avenue between Herkimer and in Atlantic. Yeah. So, that's right. Like, in the heart of that stuff. Yeah, almost. that's right between... Uh, uh, Kingsboro Peas mm -hmm. and uh, Brevoort. And, yeah. and you know how that was back back in. I don't know how it is now. Like, I guess they're peaceful, but back then it was like they had their little situations, and every block party got destroyed on Herkimer. It was. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like yeah. yeah, this community definitely lost over time, especially like Brooklyn. Yeah. You see Crown Heights now versus 10, 15 years ago. It was yeah, definitely yeah. two different settings, you know. Yeah. I think what I noticed that my experience growing up is being so black. <laughs> it was different from everybody else and I didn't realize that until I started like really going out and talking to people from different backgrounds and stuff like like my girl like she didn't come like her family was like you know very pro-black you know she grew up in the suburbs yeah, and like yeah. she was like the black girl you know what I'm saying but she always she was never really like you know comfortable being around you know other folks black. yeah mm -hmm. other folks but you know but her parents always kept it like in Newark you mm -hmm. know at places like that we you know the big in Jersey City with big black population to keep that balance so yeah. you know I had to realize like dang maybe me having 98% black educators and black 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 this black that was very rare very helpful yeah you know but how saying? important would you feel like that is for everybody that's going through the educational process oh uh, well um trying to think of who said it someone said it was, I can't remember who said it, it was like uh basically the paraphrase uh can't have the press to teach you about you 
Uh, I'm pretty sure a thousand people said that shit yeah. before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, being in education, I, you could just see the differences when you have certain teachers that come from the middle of nowhere, yeah. these random ass Midwest states, and come to the come to Best Stuy, Brownsville, yeah, they Crown sucks. Heights, and they try to teach black kids. And you got a guy like me who's here from here, and I know how to, you know, vibe, yeah, vibe with them, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, connect with them. So that's why they always calling me, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say the name of my other school over that, but they won't say me. It was like, hey, like, I don't know what to do with him or her. I can't, because like, you can't, you don't understand where they're coming from. You don't understand that, you know, this student probably coming from Lyndon Pease, you know what I'm saying? Like that, you never experienced nothing like growing up in Lyndon Pease. But you did. Shit, I ain't even. Well, I'm not saying I, Lyndon, I, I, but, like, I have family in the Pease, but you, you know what I'm saying? But you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I know it's hard. You see it, so it's a, it's definitely a benefit, definitely for someone that look like us to be in education. Um, yeah. It took me a minute to grasp that. My uh, cousin Paul, mm-hmm. who's also our frat brother, he um, he really like urged me, and my sister as well, urged me to get into education. So that's why like that movie Soul that just came out, like, yeah, about your passion or your purpose. And I was like, my passion was like doing this, actually media, podcasting, and stuff. But then I was like, yo, it's not. It's not my purpose, you know what I'm saying? It's a bigger picture. The bigger picture is for me to teach, you know yeah. what I'm saying? In my own way. Because don't get me wrong, I'm not the smartest motherfucker ever. I'm not the smartest motherfucker in the room. I just know what I know, and I yeah. know what I read. And if I don't know, I'll ask. And if I still don't get it, then I'll figure it out later. Yeah, life is a school. Forever school, we always, you know, we a student in growth mode every second. So That's a practical way to be aware of yourself. A lot mm-hmm. of people could be very ignorant and, and don't have the intention of, have an open mind. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's a practical way of looking at things. Let me, I'm not saying no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let me ask you, what's the essence of a black man and a black queen? A black king and a black queen, forgive so me. So I'll say black to me. <laughs> so we talk about from like, uh, from the, the, the external, inter- we talking about externally, internally, uh, we talking about like just the look, or we just talking about how you feel, or we talking about everything combined. I not think- even just as another country, not even just as far as mm-hmm. like how you look. Mm-hmm. But as far as like how you move, your oh, actions was well, man. We we we're naturally born, like we're just naturally we're in tune spiritually. You know, in my opinion, uh, just based off what I've read, we're naturally in, intuitive and we're naturally um, understanding of our uh, our roots. Mm-hmm. Um, we love our roots and we love our ancestors. Yeah. That's why we give love to our ancestors. Very much so. People give libations, you know, to their ancestors. Whatever. Very much so. Um, whatever, whatever religious practice you have, like ancestral, the ancestors have a play in that. Uh, people yeah. will have that conversation with it. So, like being black and mean being very in tune with uh, your ancestors, uh, being very in tune with yourself. Uh, and being in tune with your blackness, which you mean just learning your history, understanding your history, knowing that, you know, Let's, realistically, not everybody was a king and queen, but it's more about the affirmation point of it, like calling yourself king, calling yourself royalty, but you are. Uh, yeah, we are always, you, know, so, you know. So black is like, you know, black, we were first mathematicians, first scientists, uh, we were astrologists, you name it. You know, when it comes to fighting, where original art forms, most original art forms come from. Look at hockey. I mean, listen, it's, uh, it's- Battle Royale, Jack Johnson, all it could go down to just, yeah, I, I did African martial arts, so it's like it's cool. It's very life changing. It's a spiritual aspect to it. That's yeah. why I said like yeah. all of it comes together. We're also warriors, sisters, and brothers. That's the thing that we've always been. 
we, I mean, that never changed. I know people try to shift the narrative due to uh, colonization and uh, trade, like slave trade. Like folks wasn't out there scrapping. Like, nah, you're not taking us over there. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the case. And everybody know when it comes to hand to hand combat. You know, or when it comes to the sword, we always victorious. When it comes to the spear and the shield, man. Ain't nobody was rocking. With, nobody could really go hand to hand with Africans, and that's why they had a good. Get gunpowder. Yeah, guns. Yep, yep, so yep. And then that whole when they introduced guns into Africa, that set colonization off to mm -hmm. a whole other level. So let me ask you, when did you feel like when you was growing up in the style, you developed that blackness? Um, I know you talked about the Cosby household, that setting. Um, you know, it had to be an inspiration around like your father, your mom, maybe your grandmother. When um, did you get that that sense? Like, you know what? I'm standing for me, standing for black. Black first. When did you get that? My sense? mom and my dad mm. and my grandma. My grandma, uh, she's she used to run around with the Panthers back in the day. Had an uncle that was a part of the Panthers back in the day. Um, so I always was very uh, in tune. They, you know, they let they didn't. My mom was more like she was very, you know, very pro black. Um, mm -hmm. She was like the sister that was like that was able to make it into Manhattan and get on them high to get up in the top floors in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. sitting yeah. in those rooms. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she worked for HBO, uh, oh, and oh. ING Direct, Folk and Global oh. Partners. So she was like like that. She was a little no. They so would you really invade those spaces. Yeah, she invaded those spaces. And then my dad was a real estate broker back when like black folks were buying houses left and right during the late nineties. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? Early nineties, late nineties, early two thousand, like it was it was good. Things so, was cheap. Yeah. And like yeah. He, he loved his people. That's why he you know, he never really wanted to leave the neighborhood. And that's dope. Yeah. Love his people, things are cheap. So you're like, yeah. They go hand in he, hand. he helped get a lot of people housing. Everything like they taught me, like they let me have fun as a kid, you know, of uh, Christmas and all these different tooth fairy, all that shit. Um, but eventually it comes to came a time where they just had to like, you know, sit down and break down history to me. I really, I've always loved Muhammad Ali because I can remember them dressing me up, be Muhammad Ali in elementary school. Uh then like even my elementary school was like extremely pro black. Like yeah, we had, as well. Yeah, yeah. like it's just it was something I'm used to, you know what I'm saying? It just I saw it all the time. I've seen Pan African flags every now and again. I've seen Really? Yeah, yeah growing see, up. See, that's so cool, bro, to, I'm like, yeah, to I'm see like, that yeah, growing yeah. up. But I didn't see that. I, I was raised on um well in first to fifth grade, you know, the American flag, like seeing like I, I didn't see the Pan African flag. I didn't mm -hmm. even know what that was until yeah, I got until older. Yeah. You know, but seeing yeah. that at a young age, you know, it gives you that mentality, it gives you your worth, you know. Yeah, and like my parents always told me my worth, man, and they just told me <laughs> Remember, it's just funny, a little off topic, but I remember I was watching the Britney, you know, Britney Spears was popping back early. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember I was looking at the, the TV. I blew a kiss at the TV. Like, a, like I was like six, bro. I had to be like six or seven years old. And my mom snapped. I was like, oh, that was there my, go, that was my yeah. black love only, baby, because yeah. that was my, I was like, oh, all right. She was like, don't you ever do not that. Not no Britney. Nah, 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 Britney. Nah. I don't know. Like, nah, you're, not, you're, not, you're not jumping no Better be Mary J. Blige. Yeah, like that's, that. that's better. That melanin got a kick, you know that's, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's. So would you say it was like the, <laughs> like, would you say it was in your DNA already? Like it was her Yeah, bro, I, I had no choice, you know, but to be who I am right yeah, now. Yeah, um, but of course, there were other factors uh, once I got older that yeah. helped. You know, of course, I started reading, I built, and I've met people that have had some other type of mentors mm -hmm. that helped with that as well. So yeah, it's been a, been great though. I'm, I don't, I love it. You know, yeah. I love how I am, you know what I'm saying? I've had to, you know, work to get to a certain point mm -hmm. where I truly understand myself, but it's been great upbringing. I don't, I don't change it for, I wouldn't change it. I recommend the upbringing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause it taught me what a, your household could look like on the inside. And it taught me what the realness of the streets are outside.
Yeah, I jumped off the porch, but I jumped my ass right back on the stage. Right yeah, reality back. hits sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted, it humbles you. Yeah, man, we all wanted to jump off the porch, and some of us did. And some of us stayed. Yeah. And some of us went back in the house. So how important <laughs> would you say is the black household to the black family? It's very important, man. Um, there's a lot of scholars out there that have uh, broken down how the government has found a way to um, purposely disrupt the black family uh, between the different wars where black men had to fight um, and you know us dying in that aspect, uh, leaving the home, leaving uh, black women at home on their own during multiple world wars. Yeah. That, then coming back, you know, uh, people that leave war had to deal with and coming back and you really can't really get a job. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to fight to get a job and fight to be a, uh, the man in your family, be the head of the household, pay all the bills. That was the stress that was put on the woman. Uh, uh, yeah, the woman. On oh, the like, black woman. This happened multiple times during our history. That makes sense. So, so, then you, so then like the stress of, and then you got like brothers had to go to Vietnam and then they come back home and then we had to deal with heroin. And then not the heroin, we had to deal with crack. Mm-hmm. And all these different things that have affected, yeah, disrupted the, uh, the the black community, ultimately took a lot of black men away and it left black black, black women on their own for the most part. Yeah, because women had a lot of inequality, but the black woman was just like... They had to deal with way more. Way more. Yeah. More of a disadvantage. Yeah, you know? so like to, to try and come in and like sweep in while black men are just getting either killed or they're not educated or they're getting sent away for for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, there were white women trying to come in and like, hey, listen, we're alike, we're women, yeah. you know, come with us, you know. Um, it kind of, I'm not going to say black women just fell for that because not all of them did. Um, but there were a few, I'm sure, that fell into the trap of the feminist, the white feminism. Yeah. Um, not womanism, white feminism. There's a difference. And I, there's a clear difference between um, um, womanism that really focuses more on the black family compared to white feminism that just focuses on white women. And whiteness will always come first. Regardless if you're a woman or not, they will always put their their whiteness first. So that's why I tell people that black people need to put their blackness first because every other group will put their race before any other label they I, t- I tell people all the time like i don't have a problem with racism is more of a white supremacy because mm-hmm. if anything like the race is just the word but the ism is just the plural of doing it mm-hmm. and putting yourself first that's what white people do that's what jewish people do they put themselves first it is white supremacy like i don't fuck with white supremacy they try to make us you know feel inferior mm-hmm. so it's just just a, just an ism like black people need to start putting themselves first and being black oriented before anything type now us Black people, we gotta start taking care of our own. It's, it's, it sounds contradicting. Right. It sounds very contradicting, but it's like you said, race is just the verb. We gotta put ourselves first. And yeah. then the ism. You gotta be racist. You know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, race is the noun. If you give me an ism, is the verb, the plural way of actually taking the steps to do it. So if you wanna push your people first, push your race first, you gotta do the things. That, it's kinda going that, back you know to like. Black people need. Yeah, it's kinda going back to like integration. Like, you know, people ask people all the time was integration one of the best things that happened to black people mm-hmm. it's a lot of pros and cons um i think more is like a negative result um but it's like putting yourself first like black people were like you know like jewish people in crown heights they desegregate themselves you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of going back to the question like is the solution desegregating like the black community yeah that's what God, i mean that's what i know Khalid muhammad said it <laughs> marcus garvey Malcolm said, Max it. said it yeah they've all hinted at not even some did more than hint um some were very outspoken with it um, that um, separation is key yeah. um, because we just haven't been 
Well, the system is working just fine. The system is working how it's supposed to work to keep us where we're at. And anytime, as you can see with the stock market, uh, when we try to figure out their game, they always trying to switch the playing field. You know, so they explain the that. Like, well, we in this time frame of everybody learning how to make money virtually, Bitcoin, stocks. Um, what happened recently that I, I've been seeing it because I, I haven't tapped into the stock market mm -hmm. world yet. And I really want to. We're going to do the old camera. We mm -hmm. good. But um, explain in a quick gist like what happened. So I, I'm, I'm new to the stock game, I've been in it for about a year. So I'm gonna make it very, I'm gonna try and make it very simple because people try to make, make things very complicated. Basically they tried to um, get a lot of plays and put a lot of money into these shorts and they were gonna make a ton of money off all these shorts when they were shorting like GameStop mm -hmm. and uh, AMC. I seen the GameStop right. thing. So, Due to that, people like us, normal people, not normal, we're all normal, but you know, uh, people <laughs> that are just like beginner traders and people See that on Robinhood, they started playing their hand as well. Yeah, so they were putting up, they were putting in a bunch of options and a bunch of uh, money into these different stocks. And mm -hmm. in the shit about the plumbing. Yeah, and then ultimately the shit just popped. It just boomed. Like and, then, yeah. and then once the hedge fund guys found out, they was like, oh no, we're the only ones that could be making that kind of money because people would become millionaires overnight. People they call it. Yeah, they pulled it. Listen, they were just playing the same game that we were just playing the game that they play. And and a lot of people's thought pattern is, well, for, let me just finish it. Let's just say that they was like, nah, we don't need them making that type of money. So what they did, they reached out to different um stock of, you know, applications, whatever people were, people could buy stocks or whatever, and they was telling them like to halt buying on certain uh, stocks. So they went like a whole day and a half almost of them being able to hedge fund guys being able to play with the stocks. Oh, so they stuff. had control. They had control, and when they and people like us, they was like, we couldn't buy AMC, we couldn't buy Dogcoin anymore, we couldn't buy uh, GameStop, we couldn't buy Nokia, we couldn't buy Naked. All these different stocks that were supposed to be making everybody millionaires, they just halted it and let them play with it. And now they're now uh, Robinhood, like like the biggest um, application. Sure, yeah. yeah, they're talking about uh, they'll give. They, now you can just buy a limited. I think only you could buy more than twenty shares of AMC right now. I'm not sure if you could buy. I don't know how many you could buy a GameStop. They're not even letting you buy Dogcoin anymore. Um, so the people that have Dogcoin, um, they're not even accepting their payments yet. So hopefully on Monday their payments will get cleared. And then, you know, dog coin will be popping again. Like dog coin, they want to get it to a dollar. And if you caught it at the right time, you put, I got 20,000 coins of, of dog coin. Mm -hmm. So they hit a dollar. I'll see y'all, you know, later, chilling. Like, I, you know, I'll holler at y'all. Yeah. I'm about to throw my, put my money in certain places and mm -hmm. I'm going to be good for life. So I'm out. Uh, but, you know, I'll come back periodically. You know yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that happened. Like, I was seeing it on Twitter, the social media, like, a lot of people affected by it. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know how much of the impact it really had. Like, a lot of people just lost a lot of money. No, that's a war, bro. It's a war. It's literally like Financial that. Financial war. That's literally the 1%, but it's like, nah. Nah, y'all can't make this money. Only we can. That's literally what they said. That's without all the technical, the technical words. The most simple way. That's the simple way. They like, no, y'all cannot make this money. Legit. Yeah. On CNBC. Yeah, they, they made it very clear. Yeah. Everything. They didn't hide it. Like that's the several bonus interviews. Of they just you, you could you could see the frustration. You mm -hmm. see the frustration. You know what I'm saying? It's like damn. Like the market is supposed to be for everybody. At the same time, these hedge fund guys, the big money market, the big money, the big companies. You know what I'm saying? They have more control of the algorithms in the market. 
know what I'm saying? So if they want to shift the market, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just pull their money. Yeah. If it's for everybody, that they meant, they was like, yeah, it's for everybody, but y'all can't be making all kind of money. That's that's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> they don't want they don't want black people or just people, normal people, to have that much access to get money so it's quickly. Capital, capitalism, bro. Capitalism, bro. It's just it's not even just black people. It's just capitalism. Capitalism. Because you got a lot of black millionaires, billionaires. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Up there in the markets, they don't give two shits about the little people. Listen, you know what it was, it's it capitalism. Was, it was money all, makes the shit go like this. It was all races mad. They was all every race was mad to get their money played with. So that'll bring me. That's the only thing that brings fucking people together. I guess money. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's unfortunately. Yeah, that's saying. the only thing that bring you know that I know a lot of people talk about class. You know, class is classism. Class, you know, I, I get that too. But you know, it's it's always a difference. It's levels. Racism and classes. Classism is two different animals. Not even comparable to an extent. So, but I get it. Money. People getting their money taken from the one percent mm-hmm. will bring if that bring the ninety nine percent together and go against the one. Whatever. But once we done. Mm, yeah, peace. yeah. Let us let us be. Y'all do your thing. Cool. If you don't mind me asking you, we can we can talk about this off camera too. Mm-hmm. Twenty thousand dog coins. What is that equivalent to? Uh, so I bought it at a half a cent. Oh, so now it's at it was at almost eight cents. So I had twenty thousand uh, dog. And you coins. get to a dollar. My brother, Sarinara. That's like, and if that bitch go to ten or a hundred, y'all never. But see, look, this, 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 if you get the Bora Bora, can you kill me and wife and you get like a little piece of the island, bro? Twenty dog coins, bro. That's and you caught it for the half. Yeah, half yeah, a cent. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. You bought it at a at what? I had it at a, a tenth of a cent, but then I sold it at a half of a cent. Then I got back in at a half of a cent. That's not bad. Oh, so man. you got a good interest yeah. again. So I was like, shit. So I'm just I'm I'm sitting on that. Hold that. Yeah, because yeah, long jeopardy. You know, yeah, like the, you know, you let the shit duplicate. You let the money compound and all, all that. Go down. That's it. Let me ask you, how important? Because I think this is something that everybody needs to know. How important is discipline when it comes to the stock market? Like that soft skill of discipline, you know, keeping yourself like, you know what? Patient. I'm not yeah. gonna touch it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm structured to say, you know, I don't need to take my money out. Mm-hmm. They always say, say don't uh, thinking and shit. Don't uh don't put money in the market, you know, willing to lose. Mm. I'm willing to lose two hundred bucks. Cause I've spent two hundred bucks on terrible things. Definitely yeah. I've spent two hundred bucks on bull. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna put two hundred bucks that may potentially turn into like a lifestyle that I could do whatever I want and just relax my bones and I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm going to leave that 200 right in there. No, seriously. So that's like, it. Only assign money that you are willing to mm-hmm. either gain or lose on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't just throw money that you're going to need to pay your bills a couple of days. Nah, nah, you know, I don't do that. Because now you're going to want to back out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything allocated. Yeah. Everything like, you ain't allocated. Really, you ain't really go up. Like you, you just play the same level. Yeah, that's a fact. And set a goal for yourself. I mean, mine was like I wanted a stack in the market a month, and I'll be okay. That was my goal. That's not bad. So I'm, I mean, let me ask you: um, if it, anybody wanted to learn the stock market, that stock market, like you know, amateur, what would you tell them? Like, what's your advice? What's Come your to this group thing? I'm in on Facebook called the Financial Vault, and if you okay. need to uh, follow me on Facebook, Gerald Jerome Huggins Jr., and I will put you in the uh, group. That thing there, we be putting in plays. It's free because there's a lot of people that try to make money off of giving people potential plays or potential uh gainers and if it don't work out they still got your money so that's yeah, what i say money after all. i say stay away from those people 
they mean well, but for me, like I had someone hit me up, was like, yo, bro, I made mad bread off the stuff you posted on uh, IG and Twitter. I was like, cool. He was like, you should start a YouTube channel where you get some pay for, get paid. I'm like, nah, I'm good, son. I'm just, all my people's eating. I'm that's Gucci. Point, yeah. That's all I care about. That's dope. So that's yeah, dope. I just, that it, that's in this, bro, we, you know, this stock market could be like exactly what we need. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it's a, that. So it's, it's a revolutionary tool at this point. It ain't, yeah. it ain't the sixties no more. Let me ask you, um, really quick. Mm. Uh, is it fair to say that, cause you know, financial literacy is very important, but it's very negated in, in, in several communities, but especially in the black community. Would you say certain curriculums was designed, mm -hmm. I'm saying, to keep black people from really elevating? I'll say my boy Khalil, one of the <laughs> shout outs to Khalil too. I got said, yeah, my boy Khalil would definitely say that. Uh, just saying financial literacy. Actually, my boy Khalil and Brandon would say, just to say, you know, financial literacy and you'll be good is just very like that's just very basic. And yeah, you can't really. It's hard to equate that when you have like our situation. Like you trying to tell someone that's only making like two hundred dollars a check, they you know talk about financial literacy. Like damn, like my check can't even pay my bills. Yeah. So I, I can't save. You know I can't put money in the market. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. tough. It's tough. So that's why, like you know, he'll say something like that. He'll say it way better than that. But you can't just to say, hey, poor person. Here, that ten dollars you have left over to do whatever you want with it. Here, just put it into a. Uh, Put it into Bitcoin and then just let it ride out. I mean, yeah, but that motherfucker's hungry. Yeah, like, they, they don't hungry. talk about what happened that got <laughs> right. there where they at. Like people don't talk about post traumatic slavery, not even just that, but people don't talk about what happened in these past years that make you know yeah. is the result of. You don't want to lose money if you're already poor. Yeah. So like to just go some some all these people on social media talking about you know pay me to tell you how to get rich preying on poor people that know they out down no they got a dollar man fuck them people dog I hate those instead people. of helping that's, and that just shows you how much the world is so money oriented like, people just look for capitalism a dollar bro yeah yeah you know very, people are very opportunists like if yeah. if I have a play on the stock market that I know is gonna jump. A hundred dollars on per share. I'm telling anybody. I'm telling all my homies, man. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I be confused. I'm like, what do y'all gain from hiding that shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do y'all gain from like we could all three make a million dollars and then we could all three put a hundred grand a piece into some property. Now look at that shit. Now we got property. Like, why now you putting we, people in homes? Yeah. Now we got assets. Now you taking in black people off the streets. That's, like, I'm, that's now why you I'm build confused. the community. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> so confused, bro. I can't live like that, though. I'm sorry. Maybe that's probably why I'm not as rich as I should be because I give a lot of you get more than yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. And I, you know what? That's okay. You know, yeah. I could live with that because I. I can't be that money hungry because you do any if you all you care about is money you do you fuck me over some bread and I need some people that need to that can separate. Like, yeah, if money is the is your only focus, I can't be your friend. Nah, I yeah. can't be somebody that we, you we can't mingle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta love something else, man. Yeah, you gotta have, yeah. I can't I can't fade it. That, yeah. You too money oriented like some you going at least at least like backside me somewhere. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. It's funny, this 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 feel like deja vu, like you said this on the first episode, when mm -hmm. you was together. Mm -hmm. You can't like if you are a friend of somebody that's too money oriented, you you gotta yeah, 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 don't, don't get me wrong, I love I love having money too, but that shit is not about to be my everything everywhere I move is not gonna be because of money. Yeah. I, I just can't it's something more you gotta have to it, even if it, you know passion, purpose. You know, even though you should, you know, know which each is for you. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, like have something you like to just do for free. Like every hobby ain't gotta come with a price tag. Like if you like knitting, 
Just knit. <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah, just, just knit. If you like sewing, just sew. You ain't got to break. Put money into it. Hung, money hungry. Well, I'll be, be money hungry. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> get to my nerves. I'll be taking it. Yeah, I should have done that. But make look, your money. But look at, the, look, at, look at just the state of black economics. Like you said, Khalil was really economic oriented. But mm -hmm. when you look at just black people, we a trillion dollar industry, bro. We spend so much money. Understand. And don't put it back to our communities. Don't put it back. But then you gotta understand why the mental is that way. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I get it, son. I do. Trust me. I'm. I understand everybody, bro. Because I've seen. I see both sides of it. Some mm -hmm. people. Some people don't believe they're gonna live that long, so they just spend the money they got. Um, yeah, some. That's a, it's that yeah, that's a whole bullshit concept. You gotta concept. get people yeah. credit. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah. bullshit concept. And you know that. That's that, well. That comes from you know some. People not, you know, the life expectancy isn't high, and there's, there's, you know, determining factors for that. So they believe, like, hey, I got it, I'm gonna spend it, I'm gonna live my life. I ain't come from shit. So you wanna tell me I can't spend it because you want me to be a part of something? <laughs> Listen, I, I get it, but, you know, those people get left behind sometimes. And that's alright, because there ain't no reason why it's a, be a broke NBA player, a broke NFL player, a broke musician. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, mm -hmm. imagine, I can imagine, like, they. Say I guess what but think of a, a little baby right now probably make like a hundred band on a concert. Yeah. Easily. Like bro, well, you, you said two hundred occasions. Yeah, and yeah. I'm and I'm just saying like bro, you can't I can't imagine you just give me two hundred thousand dollars one day and I don't put at least half of that into the market or something and I'll just make my like, it just I just it, it's, it's baffling. It's the mentality, though. But I can't blame them because, you know what? They don't be coming from nothing, bro. A lot of us, I, I was blessed, bro. I had two parents. I had a good life, bro. I lived in the hood, but I had a good life. You know what I'm saying? So I understand what both sides look like, but I've also been poor as hell as an adult. Yeah. I was sleeping on the floor, sleeping in my car type shit. So I yeah. get it. I So I know when I got my full-time job up here, yeah, I went on three vacations last year. But, you know... Come on, folks. We gotta wake up. It's yeah, like, you know, like a bitch is yeah, not right like, now. Man. I ain't mad at y'all for spending your. But bread. still, yeah. Because let me ask you: Do you get fault? Do you feel conflict when you see these black entertainers, these black athletes, not putting back money? You know, like a lot of these entertainers, these black people that make these black celebrities. Do you get fault for them to not? Like you said, you know, like little baby me was raised differently from Brian or from Gerald. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you can understand why they put why they don't put money. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. do you give them fault? Uh I think once you get to a certain point, like if you're an entertainer, man, like you have all the resources that we have, plus more to be able to create wealth and, and be able to put enough wealth back into your neighborhood. But I mean some of them feel like they don't have to give back. That they just feel like, hey, I made it out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And that's yeah. really, that's really a lot of people's thought pattern. They're like, yo, I'm just trying to get out. Yeah. Some people feel like they're not obligated to give their money away. No, they're not. I mean, granted, if we don't like them having all that damn money, then we we got to start spending on them. But guess what? We're not going to start spending on them because we enjoy their music. Give them all the attention in the world. That's why, like, you got young boy never going to go. He's never going to go broke because he's making money off just YouTube. Like, like. People like my nephews, that my kids like my nephews' age, like fifteen, just have young boy just playing all day on their YouTube channel, on yeah. their YouTube uh, channel, just and playing. It's streaming, just and streaming, they just it. doing whatever. But yeah. he's that 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 view, all that Yo, shit. Is, that is yeah. facts though, because yeah. he always had the little kids, the babies. Yeah. That's why the youth yeah. is so important. But when you look at music and how it's the bullshit, bro, how it's accepted in today's community, bro. And you look at it, like my little brother, he listened to Pop Smoke and you know these rappers that be spitting this drill shit, but it's like. I know it's not really helpful for yeah, him, you know what I'm saying? But he's not, at the same time... At the same time, they live in their reality, and he get to see Spectrum, but you gotta have that person in the, lot, in the, in the house 
that can tell him the difference, the disparity between you know certain shit. So that the environment won't consume him. Exactly. You know, be a leader, not a follower. Exactly. All these people be followers, bro. People don't be leaders. People yeah. don't like to build leaders around them. People don't like to say no to shit and just do their own thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, it's hard to, you know, not be cool. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the right word. Like, you know, some people want to be cool. You know, people, and they, they know cool is this that's ignorant true. shit. <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't get me wrong. I got my students called. He's like, "Well, Mr. Huggins, but they had NWA back in the day. So, what, you know, how you feel about them?" I'm like, "You know what? Touche." Um, they had. They. I mean, listen. That was the era. The era was the '80s, and it was harsh. It was hard. It, it was, was gangster. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, Cuban that, was gangster. Wow. So, I mean, hey. I, now these new these dudes now. Do I know? I don't know if they're gangster or not. But they come off real. But they come off. I mean, yeah, everybody's right. a shooter. But but I mean, <laughs> on, on camera. Oh, and people just put out. If you're gonna be a rapper, if you're gonna put the guns in your video. Take your finger off the trigger. Have some trigger discipline, please. Jesus Talk. Christ. Talk. I mean, I could imagine being a camera guy. I'd be like, oh, fuck this. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous, dog. Nervous. You a nut, bro. But all the time Dude got a whole saw off with the finger, with his trigger finger nah, on the trigger. I've been good, too much bro. issues with like. Accidents happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. good, bro. Too much. You know what I'm saying? But so that's not. what the kids. Are, that's what the, that's what they be watching. I be talking to my my ch- my uh, my kids and I advise. They be like, "Yo, what do y'all listen to?" And I give them one opportunity to play a song. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we're never playing your music." In What's give me an experience? Give me a uh, scenario, bro. They played. Uh, Who they played? <laughs> young boy. Nah, it was worse. Uh, um, not Uzi, worse uh, than young boy. Is that old blueface? Worse than that. God damn. damn boy, this is oh, trippy. Tri- was trippy? Triple red. Trippy red. Trippy red. Oh and, uh, my and, uh, Playboy. Playboy Cardi. Oh, Playboy no, Cardi. No. Um, I even know Nip. Nah, they not. They no. They are very. Um, these are. These are what 13, 14 year olds. They're very um My little brother listen to Nip, man. He fourteen but that's, uh, sixteen, but he's, he, he, he a little up there. He's older, he but little up there. He little that's up there. one person. These kids, yeah, I, I think these, these kids love like they young, they like little young boy or whatever. Yeah. I I play I, I make them listen to my my playlist in the morning. Who you playing? Jazz? Yeah, I play like jazz blue. I play like yeah. some old some old hip hop, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Give me a top five. Ooh. We like to do that on the show, still shop still, you know. Uh, give me a top five. <laughs> give me a top five. Um my favorites or who I think are the top five greatest. That's two different things. Give me your top favorite. Top five favorite. My favorites. Okay. Uh, groups included? Or we just no, this is just in the, like, yeah, groups included. That could be considered one. God, I like groups. All right. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to rap, uh, number one, Nas the Goat. All right, cool, cool. I don't care what anybody got to say. Uh, Nas the Goat. Um, Big L cracks my top five. My he got it. He got it. Ah, yo, that was my top. Yo, <laughs> because, uh, my top five favorite Wale. He's one of my favorites. I, I listen to. Yo, my, I never knew you fucked with Wale that heavy, much. Heavy on my family. What? My family's from the DMV. So yeah, like, I remember listening. I remember listening to Wale back when he was on Madden. Uh, breakdown, uh, breakdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song "Breakdown" was my first song I heard from him. He had the uh, the go go beat in the back. Yeah. But uh, "More About Nothing" is one of the greatest pieces I've. You know, I like the intro about nine and more about nine. That were like what he was able to do was make Seinfeld like cool. Cause I didn't really like Seinfeld, but he he like he kind of made it cool. He like, made it cool to like yeah. Seinfeld. And yeah. we were talking about that the other, the other day. day. Like you listen to Seinfeld on that album, you like let me go watch Seinfeld. Yeah, let me just you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. That's the intro about nothing, and then he got um he and Soundfield was also on the more about nothing as well towards yeah. the end. These are my favorite. Not saying they're the best. These are my favorite. So I turn like Nas. Big L, mm-hmm. Wale, mm-hmm. Wu-Tang, my favorite group. And uh, that's number four. And I guess to round out my five, who I listen to the most, I 
listen to Fab the most. He from Brooklyn though. Yeah, now, of course, this nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, I mean, come on. Low self. Low self. I mean, yeah. When it comes to like who I spend on my album, because he bar for bar, I get it. Nah, I mean, but yeah. like, I, and I tell you all the time, like, so, like mixtape Fab, soul tape, yeah, yeah, different Fab. Back like, in the day, Fab, yeah. I argue that for his that music, pin? yeah, his music, like, yeah. I, and I tell him like, like, there's no, hasn't been a better mixtape rapper. Everybody keeps saying we. I will argue Fab to the death, bro. When it comes to mixtapes. This, uh, yeah, I think Fab had more. Like, that's his best work. Thing. His best work is, is his mixtape. So, yeah. so tape, so tape two, yeah. so tape three. Hey, what else we got? Um, what else we got? Oh well, shoot! You got the sh- summertime shootout. Summertime shootout. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go to summertime shootouts. Yeah. So, so, so tape one and two. Yeah. yeah so tape. Um. Uh. RP to the competition. Like, yeah. There's oh, no yeah. competition. There's no competition. Yeah. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, and three. Come on. So that those those were those yeah. nine. We even get to the summertime shootout. Those those is more calmer fab, but he yeah. got to chill. Yeah, but yeah. the soul yeah. tape that was like those three right there. You can't point. You can't put three. Uh, mixtapes next against that. So okay, two, but no ceilings though. That's nah, all people say. Like like, I know, I know, I know. That's it. <laughs> Fab got not, like listen. All the Fab mixtapes would have been platinum albums. He just his I don't know who does his selection, bro. That shit. Yeah, he became a the, the mixtape rapper. That's what people looked at as Fab, yeah, that's you know? and that's fine. But he he solidified his spot, and he kind of yeah, he he definitely did. You know what I'm saying? Solidified he, spot. He he opened up other lanes for himself. Yeah. As far as when summertime shootouts came out, he just started promoting. He held Brooklyn down. Crazy. He held Brooklyn down, bro. Yeah, like, then people say Jay Z, and that's true but i feel like fab was more of the the connection from generation let me ask you so we talked about music um how you feel about the the music conscious rappers today who are they you got the Wale's, you got the Cole's, you got the Kendrick's, you got the people, you know. Y'all think Cole is that deep? Nah, Cole's wild, bro. Yeah, he's, he's I don't cool. know, yo. I'm going to give you some Cole shit to make you be like, you know what? Ja, Ja, Ja's right. You I know? think he's deep to the people that don't read. Really? <laughs> Why so? Because nothing he says is that deep to me. You feel like he never said, like, no metaphorical, like, I think I don't think Cole has even said anything more thought-provoking than... The Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. That should have made you think for about a day. Mm-hmm. Cole has never made me. That, that's a very simple bar for Nas. Too. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't think even Cole has come up with anything like that. I'm gonna I'm 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 sing some shit. I'm gonna let you see. Like conscious rapper vibe? Yeah, like, who you not, fuck with? Oh, come on. You don't like Kendra? I mean, conscious. I, I mean, it don't. Conscious rapper. I guess you gotta get a definite. But I think a conscious rapper, I think a KRS. You know, KRS One, you know what I'm saying? Or Boogie like Boogie Down, like all that. I think about like Ooh, I mean you could say Rakim has some conscious shit. You could say Gangstar has some conscious shit. You could argue that You we- heard the song with Cole and Gangstar recently? Nah. I'm I'm gonna send it to you. Like it kinda gives Primo you Primo made the beat? Uh I don't know. I don't know. It's, it gives a nostalgic vibe though, like a nineties vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Cube has but- some conscious shit. I was just reading I'm reading this book now on Khalid Muhammad, man. Yo, speak about Khalid Muhammad, um you know, we like to talk about black innovators. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we spoke about Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, about, tell the people about Khalid Muhammad and things that he stood on that that make Gerald like you know inspired by him. And and I said, I didn't know he's part of the yo. He's a part of our frat, bro. Well, me and Gerald yeah, frat. I was thinking, so he told me stories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Khalid Muhammad, yeah. Man, oh, how do I describe Khalid? Khalid Muhammad? How do I explain this man? From Houston, Texas, he was a football player. He wanted to be a pastor. He, he grew up to be a pastor. That's when he knew how to speak. Like when it comes to oratory skills, 
I don't think it was anybody better. Like, oh, and X, X was, was that. X was the standard, in my opinion, kind of being an or, uh, order. But he was advanced. Yeah, but and then you have King. King could like make you, you know, you know, like, all right, cool. X would make you like, yeah, you know, what I'm saying even Ali could make you do that, you know. But Garvey can make you do that. Garvey, when he really started spitting, I got like Garvey um, speeches on my uh, phone. Actually, it's on iTunes if y'all want to look it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but Khalid Muhammad just make you want to just go grab whatever gun or knife you got in your house and just go just walk with him. Like wherever he goes, like he just make he just made you just want to just buy in. Like he was able to tap in with rappers, the gangsters, all that. He could go to, he go to different educators. And all these people that you know uh, think they know. Oh, how do I how do I say this the best way? Um, he was so well rounded in yeah. the fact that he would punch you in the face. He would probably pop you, but he could also leave, also like just destroy you intellectually. Like he was never off like off cue. Like you could never catch him off guard. Like the man knew. I mean, I'll say everything. But he was just so well versed on so many. He was well versed on African spirituality. He was well versed in uh in uh, uh martial arts. He said he did martial arts. He was well versed oh, in oh. economics. He was well versed in uh I mean you name it. Like, These are things that Devon actually stands on. Yeah, you know, I economics, mean economics, self defense. So self consciously, maybe some that came into it when I was thinking about him. But I'm just thinking like when you think of like this dude, he was a, he tapped in with uh idiot. I mean I, I think that's his name when he was trying to. Um, like Khalil Muhammad went over there and was like he literally was he signed up to fight with them. Like he went to the dude from from Houston, Texas, brother from Houston, Texas went over to Africa. This is a different reason, but he ended up going uh linking up with uh India. I mean he was willing to fight in a war with a whole different African country. Wow. Like so if that ain't pan Africanism, like they was talking about getting like a a, a, a pan African army trying to get assembled. Like he was, oh, wow. he was he was like in the middle of that. Yeah. And like he was a uh, he got Gaddafi uh, was more Gaddafi. That's how you pronounce his name, Gaddafi. More more Gaddafi. Yeah, yeah that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, he was able to. He was in cahoots with him, talking to him, and that's how he was able to. Uh, Gaddafi gave like. It was like a five million dollar uh, loan to the uh, NOI back in the day because wow. of that relationship they had. There. You know, it's crazy because that's that's fact. I definitely remember when I was doing some history. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Gaddafi and Gaddafi, the Khalid yeah. the Khalid guy together. I definitely remember seeing. Yeah, that. man. That's crazy. Yeah. What's, what's, what, what what would you consider the best way to like? What what was the most latest book you would recommend to learn about Khalid? Oh, that the book of Khalid. It was, uh, that was he was just so like how do you say like he just was infectious with the way he was able like I said he was able to get people to buy in like he was able to recruit like he didn't he had no fear he yeah. was the head of the fruit of Islam and he was like the uh the head speaker of the NOI you know at the same time which apparently was unheard of you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and like like I said he just was so like I remember this, it was some um it was the United Jewish League or something like that uh, like a, a a group, a, a political group uh, for Jew, for the Jew, for Jews or whatever, and like I guess they had like a big standoff with uh, the NOI at this one point, and like there was one dude that was just talking cash, you know, talking cash shit, and it's Khalid Muhammad, you know, as smart as he, smart brother, well versed, you know, wanted to be a pastor, could speak his mind, he didn't need to put his hands on nobody, get his point across. He walked up to the dude and punched him in the face and knocked him the fuck out, and just went back to what he was doing. Like, like it's like 
when you think of a perfect revolutionary, you know That's what I'm saying? Him. I mean, if I had to mold one, it's like, yo, like this dude had, oh, yeah, like he had the intellect of X, and then like he had, he might have, I mean, shit, he might have been smart. If you don't mind I mean, asking, yeah, not to cut you off again, he good. Um, what was the cause of his um, <laughs> his yeah, death? Yeah, his demise. <clears throat> Hope he was an assassin. It's specul. Well, I read brain aneurysm. I don't know if I believe that. I gotta finish the book, then maybe I'll look at the end, maybe someone he could clear it up for me, um, Mr. Shabazz clear it up for me more. Yeah. Um, but well, I read aneurysm on the internet, but I could never confirm it. So I just like, I thought they, they had, I mean, this guy was like, he was censored by the government. Like he, the government didn't, they just like, yo, we don't want you to, they don't want him to speak. Yeah, Kamal. He, he had conviction, it seems. Yeah, like he just, but he- I gotta get on Kamal Muhammad. Yeah, like he knew what he was doing though. Like he knew that, he knew what was coming out of his mouth, but he, like he started this, um, uh, he started like a paramilitary, paramilitary organization. Mm-hmm. Like this guy did it all. Wow. Like he was able to get the Bloods and the Crips back in, uh, back in, uh, he was actually, I didn't even know that he was the re- reason that the um, the riot, LA riots went the way he did because he was instilling that they had secret meetings between the Bloods and the Crips and Khalid Muhammad and the NOI. And he, was around, he, he was around. Yeah, he was in LA. So he he was in LA. He was big in LA. He was big in Harlem. He was big wow. in. Uh, uh, he, was, he was pretty well known in DC, but I don't think he really did in DC that long. But mm-hmm. uh, he went back to Houston, if I'm not mistaken, and he was known, well known in Chicago. Chicago was a hub for the NOI. Yeah. Um, and like during this time, the NOI was a, they weren't really they were at they were at at odds, just like Malcolm X and NOI were at odds at a point. Because mm-hmm. Khalid Muhammad was really about like yo, like it's in order for you to be free, it's gonna be some living, it's gonna be some dying, it's gonna be some killing. Yeah. Like that's what his mind. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conservative NOI members that didn't really in Chicago that didn't really agree with that. With that. that yeah. But like Khalid Muhammad had a lot of backroom meetings with like I was just reading it in the book about the Bloods and the Crips, and it was like talking about a peace treaty. And then like what was so crazy is when the when the riots happened, Khalid Muhammad wasn't able to do it because um, uh, it came from uh, the NOI uh, main hub in uh, Chicago. And uh, Minister Farrakhan told him not to engage. It's you know why? Yeah, yeah. You know why? On that, he was so upset over that. Um, that's what the guy in the book was talking about. How upset Khalid Muhammad was. He wasn't able to join it because he would have. Yeah. Like he would have had no. Sound like he had no fear. He had no fear at all, man. He was he was truly a militant scholar, like a warrior you, scholar. Would you? Would you? I mean, you know, comparisons are deep of joy. But when you look at Marcus Garvey, who would you say like had the most reach? In terms of like, well, I mean, I mean, it's no, it's not, I mean, because Garvey was able to, yeah, he, to Latin America, like, you yeah, know, he, like, Garvey was a, Garvey's ideology was able to spread even back to Africa when you see a like mm-hmm. a lot of different, um, a lot of, because uh, during the uh, the twentieth century there was a lot of um, uh, uprisings in Africa, you know, against colonization. Um, and then with the with the with the um, with those rev- different revolutions, the ideology behind it had a lot of Pan African roots in it. Yep, a lot of Garveyism in it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Nkrumah was a, a Garveyite, um, and I think he, and he was a Pan African. Uh, Thomas Sankara um, and uh, Burkina Faso. Uh, that he was a, um, a Pan African. Then you got a Baptist. I think his name is Baptist. He's in a, was a Grenada Barbados. He mm-hmm. was a Pan African. Um, and it goes on and on. I mean, even I mean was a was a Pan African. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's so many. His spread was, I mean, yeah, when it comes to who he was able to touch, what Gar was able to do. It was lots, bro. It's such a yeah. short time frame. Yeah, and then like yeah. with the shipping company he had, yeah. uh, and then with the uh, the Negro World newspaper he had, yeah. uh, he's able to get people to just buy in all over. Like Garvey had a hella um, chapters in Canada, a bunch throughout America. Like you said, he even had some in Mexico, other places in Latin America, the Caribbean, Europe, even in Africa. So like his reach was was it was amazing um and you know what i'm saying and that give thugs yeah like he garvey i mean jamaica man. he they put him through the they put him through hell yeah. uh hoover and a philip randolph i think that's his podcast name and then uh wb du bois who, they, they they like w e w e b du bois and uh marcus garvey was just like they they clashed right they, they clashed co-mingle du bois <laughs> said that negro uh, he was like the greatest threat to the negro race in america mm-hmm because he said, I, and like they had a whole, I, I can't remember the exact name, like get rid of Garvey campaign. It was him, it was the boys, Randolph, and all these other bourgeoisie Negroes uh, back during that era, that was the early 20th century, were just like, it was like, no, we don't want you to take our people away, or no, we don't want to be separated. And then you know, the boys was really heavy into integration. That was the thing. He, he felt that, you know, due to, you know, NAACP, you know, that goes. But, you know, he wanted, to he felt that you know we needed to be integrated into American society. Garvey, Garvey was a separatist, just Bullshit. like Muhammad was ideally a separatist, and like they didn't believe that we needed to be we need to be integrated into their society to survive. We actually need, and Garvey really wanted to establish you know his own country, own government, own economic system. You know what I'm saying, own social system. So I mean. I, I, Garvey, yes, he his spread his reach was unlike any other. Yeah. As you can see, that Pan African flag, that red, black, and green, that flag, Ain't going yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, look at people after him; they they wore it heavy. Yeah. Like I mean, and do you think of the nineties, man? Nineties was so Pan African and oriented, militant. Yeah. yeah, like it was, that, that's probably the most Pan African oriented time. I was thinking, yeah, I was, yeah. Outside of when Garvey, like when Garvey initially started it, I mean, like you didn't really you you knew about Pan Africanism, but you didn't know like when people were going hardcore militant RBG. Yeah. So one thing I say as an educator, like I make stuff very simple so everybody can understand. That's why I like Garvey. That's why I like Khalid Muhammad because like when they taught how they spoke, they didn't never spoke like they were above anybody. Yeah. Even Malcolm X, he never spoke like he was above anybody. You look That's at right. it, you read their transcripts. There wasn't a lot of crazy verbiage and crazy words. Everything was just very straightforward. Anybody can understand it. That's why he was able to re able to recruit people that were like, you know, drug dealers or using or prostitutes or... or uh, connected uh, to the streets. Yeah, connected to the streets for real. I mean, the boys were not connected to the streets. Yeah. So him and A. Philip Randall, that's why they was like, yo, Garvey, you gotta go. You know what I'm saying? So if you see how much love Garvey was getting. Yeah, and I and I'll just well, I always try to give a shout out, um, shout out to his wife, um, Amy Jock. Amy, Amy Jock Garvey. Um, you you put me on recently. I, I did a whole like like four or five hour history, you know, lesson for myself. And yeah. she the reason why people even know about Marcus Garvey so much. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, there's a book on her called The Veil Garvey. Uh y'all check out the Veil Garvey. Um uh, it's a lot of um it's deep. Um, yeah. For me, I gotta reread it. But yeah. ideally, like you know, Garvey, Miss um, Garvey, um, Amy Jock Garvey. Um, when Garvey was going through all his issues, she kept, you know, it, uh, the UNIA afloat. Because um, I think 
let's see, Garvey went to jail and then he got deported and then he passed away. That was like his final years. It was really sad. He got caught for um, mail fraud because Hugo, punk ass, couldn't get him on anything else. Is this where they say like he wasn't <laughs> as much of a businessman? Uh, I mean, they come, this is where that you, comes out. You can definitely argue the the the, the business model yeah. may have been a little flawed. Yeah, it may have been a little flawed. Um, everybody, no one's perfect. Um, so I get that, and I get those uh, critiques. You know, so I get also get his critiques where he he might have lost his mind towards the end when he was trying to show prove separatism, his separatist ideology with a. I guess aligning with some white supremacist mm-hmm. group or something. I, 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 I'm still dealing with that because I'm like, yeah, you want to show why separatism, why we need to stay away from these motherfuckers, yeah. by, you know, by, you know, right. bringing the head of like a white supremacist organization. But I personally wouldn't do that. So yeah, Garvey might have just been he might have just been stressed out. Like you said, everybody is not perfect. Yeah, but but thankful for his wife. Yeah, she kept the name alive. She kept like we wouldn't know a lot as much about Garvey if it wasn't for her. And she, t- she, you know, came one of the mothers of Pan-Africanism. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing. I mean, actually, it's funny. Garvey was married to someone named Amy Ashwood Garvey. And, yo, I've seen that recently, too. Yeah, she was, yeah. She was wilding. Yeah. Um, so, because Jock, like Amy Jock is considered his second wife. Yes. Yeah. And she was actually, like, his mentee, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, yeah, Amy Ashwood wanted to live a certain lifestyle, and Garvey was not with it. So, they just didn't work. Yeah, the, you know, yeah I'll, I'll, leave, I'll let y'all read the book. This, I don't want to give, give her life her. Uh, um, lifestyle away, but yeah, she was living, she was doing the thing. Garvey was like, nah, so, uh, but yeah, Garvey was, you know, when it comes to reach, um, uh, I don't think there's anybody that you can really say. I mean, he was able, like I said, touch so many countries, and like you look at, um, um, you look at, I was, I think it was, um, they were celebrating, um, uh, the colors, the colors finally, uh, the colors being, um, chosen, uh, mm-hmm. for RBG when, uh, when the flag became. The flag and the colors just yeah, yeah. it was celebrated last year, and um, so a bunch of people in uh, Brazil, Grenada, posted the Barbados all throughout the Caribbean, you know, and that's America. Recent, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, bro. man, it's it's a thing. Like, I, it's it is a beautiful thing to see. Um, that's one thing I would love to do and be able to tap into other Pan Africanists throughout the country, throughout the world. You know, that's a dream, though. That's yeah. The, yeah, that's a dream. It's a, dream. That, it's a possibility. That, that we're going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Bring you know those saying? conferences back. You know, yeah. they used to have those big uh, Pan-African conferences back in there. Really it's happening. Yeah, it would be Definitely. a good thing. So it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what comes with that, because I know there's way more well-versed scholars on, the, you know, on these matters than me. I have more or less, like I said, I know what I know. And yeah. I just, you know, and I, and I defer to people that know more. Definitely when it comes to economics and stuff like that. I'm more like... Youth development is my thing. Um, I work with children. Uh, Self defense is my thing. I like martial arts, so I, I you gotta be open minded. Yeah, I'm in my lane. Yeah. I, I stay in my lane. You know what I'm saying? I, I <laughs> oh, don't look. Do that. Before before we do get out of here, um, I do want you to um, tell the people what is divine action. You know, they can follow divine action on Instagram as well. Gotcha. But right. like, tell the people what is divine action. And, yeah, you know, so just fresh the people's mind. You know, they need to know what 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 you doing as excellent Black Victory. What you got going on? So okay, uh, so divine action. We started back in June of last year. We were in other organizations. Uh, we were part of the D nine, and we all came from a certain you know mentality that we wanted to do more, uh, mm-hmm. more radical, or just to be able to have a. An organization that we could call our own with you know how we can move how we want without any type of restrictions um the d9 does have some restrictions and they also have certain policies that 
some of us just don't believe in anymore or just don't want to adhere to. Um, so we started our organization um, and, you know, our purpose is to just really get black people to understand that we are the, uh, we are the solution for our problems. You know, black people, black solutions, you know, and black power, like it's a beautiful thing. Um, and we do that, you know, through economics, we do that through education, uh, youth development, you know, self-defense. It's like those pillars right there are so essential to the black experience. Like that's what, when I read about all these different, um, you know, leaders and I took pieces and pieces and pieces and pieces of out of, out of uh, from everybody and I sat and prayed on it and I was like, yo, these are the pillars that's going to get us by. Um, uh, cause you know, without our youth, you know without education, without economics, without self-defense. It's just, um, and also mental and physical health, sorry. And also mental and physical health, like those components will bring like some real revolutionary change. Um, and we want to do it on our own. Uh, we selected our colors because um, we also align with Pan-Africanism. Everybody that's a part or the, well, everybody that's a part of Divine Action right now really believes in Pan-Africanism, but you also have to uh, be well-versed. So there's a book list that we have uh, it's a Google Drive that we have that I think I sent you. Mm -hmm. I sent you the Google Drive. I mean, every day. So it's a Google Drive <laughs> we send with like a bunch of literature yeah. uh, to get people more and um, more up to date and more understanding of different aspects of the Black experience. So it makes it easier for what, um, when we have our discussions as a divine eye, divine action members. Um, we also became incorporated last year, and we just got cleared for our five hundred one c three. Um, so that was yeah, yeah, clap, clap. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and we also received a grant uh, not mm -hmm. too long ago as well because people are really buying into our work we have done uh, numerous programs um, we had a um, we had a concealed carry uh, sponsorship program we did for black women we got about 30 black 30 like 30 and 30 and 50 I gotta look at the numbers again 30 and 50 black women oh, wow. out of concealed carry permits that's, good. that's a good showing uh, we gave away some uh, self defense keychains we partnered with a black owned business got some self defense keychains yeah. um, what else we did uh, we did a self uh, I'm sorry we did a, a stay warm initiative where we were able to give donations, uh, you know, like gloves, hats, and mm -hmm. scarves uh, to like five different shelters in five different cities. So we were able to cover them all. Essentials. Um, so that was a beautiful thing. Um, what else have we done? Man, we've done, uh, the Wi we were able to service Wi-Fi for a family. Oh, uh, Yeah, you know, so. That's we just, like giving back, you know what I'm saying? That's so, what it's about, you know. So it was a remote learning initiative that we did. Um, we went down to um, Galveston, Texas for Juneteenth. Uh, we did numerous marches. Um, God, what else have we done? Oh, we did a, a back to school drive as well. Um, and actually, <laughs> we're about to start getting a little political, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, um, you know, get into politics a bit. Not, I won't be surprised if yeah. I go on channel 12, you uh, right there. The yeah. suit, uh, uh, I mean, my action chain. I don't know about <laughs> suit, come on there. You had a whip, comfortable. I had an African whip, real comfortable, man. <laughs> I think at some point, yeah, we have to deal with get into politics. Uh, we're actually thinking right now about getting uh, starting a summer youth program. Um, we're gonna work with the school. Uh, and shout out to New uh, uh, to Seneca Village. Um, they're a really good. Um, they're a charter school, if I'm not mistaken. They give us a bunch of donations. Uh, preschool. 
um, if I'm not mistaken. And um, oh, in the city, yeah, so they're right on. Uh, they right on. Uh, they're actually like five minutes from here. Oh really? Uh, what was it? What, what street is that? I can't remember that street. It was a really weird street. I never heard of, but it's, it's definitely in the Heights. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, man, uh, Divine Action. We um, we're small. We have we don't have a lot of members, but that's fine. Um, we have about twenty. We all spread out. Uh, we got people in uh, California, um, Georgia, North Carolina, Texas, right? Texas, heavy, yeah. DC, Virginia, Maryland, New York, New Jersey. So we're oh, in Florida too. Mm. So we're pretty spread out, um, and we're also also very welcoming. Um, we just have to be well. We're black first, so take that how you may. Um, and <laughs> we um, really uh, work with any. We work with uh, all different types of organizations. Black organizations that focus specifically on um, the betterment of our people. Yeah. Um, not, <laughs> and we try to not allow too many outside entities to like mm -hmm. control what we got going on. So. Um, you know, but end of the day, if you want to work with us and we're on the same um, thought pattern, same mindset, we can always make some shake. Tell them the website. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> www.dank. Yep, yep, yep. D a i n c. Dot net. It's d a i n c. Dot net. And when you go click on there, you can find our Instagram page, which is divine underscore action. Um, our, our Twitter is divine underscore action. Facebook is divine action. Um, you know, if you want to donate, um, we have our Cash app. We do have Carver Bank, um, so that's Black Owned Bank. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, they made us a lot of money on this. Made, well, made not us. Made me a lot of money in stock market last year. Uh, <laughs> you uh, said I got to give them credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Carver. So we uh, we're gonna reopen another account with Carver. Okay. So, um, but yeah, man. Um, Divine Action. Uh, we looking to be here for a minute. Uh, our one we're gonna come, we're coming up on one year in June, so that'll be cool. Uh, it's a dream, man. I, I prayed on this. I, you know, had a vision, and it's here. Yeah, you know, it's here. So, Black uh, Liberation. Shout out to Divine Action. Um, just want to applaud you for everything you're doing. 100%, 100%. All those initiatives, the summer youth program that's coming up in the summer. Um, you know, be happy to help as well. Um, just everything that you're doing, bro. Because you know, we gotta, we need Black progress, bro. I say that all the time. But I'm saying Black victory on all horizons. So. Applaud you, King, for the So it's love, bro. Much love, baby. Oh, like, oh, could have been yeah. anywhere else. Nah, it's all good, though. All yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we appreciate you, baby. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, still shop and still. Still ain't got it, Bobby. Hey.